0: Good morning, everyone, if you'd like to take your seats. Good morning, I have a, this is week four, and this is a week four record of having to say, good morning, everyone, please take your seats. It's great, great problem to have.
1: There's always somebody to say, where do
0: you want us to take your seats to? Good morning, good morning, you've been welcomed, I'm sure, hundred million times. Great to have you here. We're currently working through a series. Today is PowerPoint day, I have a clicker. They must have arrived, and a lanyard, not the lanyards. And no coffee cups, not that we're trying to brand. This is destination Church Belfast. So we've been going through a series, and um, the first part of the series was a, community, a house for community and we're a community known for God's love and what that looks like and if we haven't got God's love what type of love are we living? The next one was uh, last week which was a hospital for the broken um, and we were looking at it's a place where the broken get healed I just actually made that point last week I realised I said that we're not a hospital for the broken we're a hospital for the healing of the broken and this week we're looking at uh, Destination Church Belfast as a school for learning so I have a good story to tell you so I had cause and work to have to cancel our broadband contract and it's with a reputable telecommunications company which shall not be named and will remain nameless but they are reputable and they're rather large so, we, uh, had a telephone contra- we had a telephone contract, and we were still in the service, but we no longer had the contract. So, we wanted to exit, no problem. We wanted to exit our broadband. We are contract. It was going to be, Mr Woodwood, it's going to be £678. I'm sorry, did you say £67? No, that's £678. And inside I thought I may kick dead things. So I uh, had to think about it. I said to them several times, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You know that voice? This is ridiculous. It shouldn't be like this. That's a ridiculous amount of money. And then they go, no, it's, it is. It's in your contract, which you know at that point you're stuffed. So I, I came, came away from it. had to think about it. Uh, my business partner and I were talking about it. We took some advice. Most of the advice was manipulate them. You know, just don't pay it just don't do this, just all that. And we thought, we, we don't want to do that. We, we do want to be honorable. So if we have to pay this, we have to pay this. So I had this thought, which was, I think I just keep asking. And I think I asked the ridiculous thing, which is the language I wanted to use was, I want to ask if you would waive the fee. Now, that may sound completely ridiculous when you're up against a massive uh, global telecommunications company that's saying, no way, you owe us 678 pounds So I rang the first day and I said, hello there, can I speak to a manager, what's it about? They all say, well there's no way, nobody's going to tell you anything different, they'll call you back in four hours. Did they call me back in four hours? No they didn't. Telecommunications company that doesn't communicate, what's that all about? So anyway, the next day I rang and I had this little thought that came into my head which was Jericho. Now, for those of you who, uh, when when you're in a relationship, particularly in in marriage, obviously you get to know each other really well. And when Claire wants a cup of tea, she'll look at me and go... (laughs) And I know that that means get me a cup of tea. So if you want to embarrass Claire, just go... go, It's a very sweet story. Her mum used to do that to her dad and just... Anyway, so when Claire goes... I know that she wants a cup of tea, so basically I'm going to get straight up, I'm going to make her a cup of tea, and I'm going to bring to her, that's how our marriage works. So uh, whenever I had this little thought of Jericho, just was Jericho, I thought, hmm, I wonder, that was it, just Jericho, and it was so quiet, really, really quiet, just Jericho, and I thought, I wonder if this is going to be like the walls of Jericho so I just rang rang again the second day the second day of course Mr Woodward Mr Woodward someone will call you back within four hours no no call back four hours third day I ring they say exactly the same thing so then it's the weekend and by this stage then we get to the uh, when was it the fourth day or the sixth it was the sixth day and I ring and I say could I speak to a manager I get to speak to a manager the manager says no not happening you can dispute it once your bill comes out I said, okay, could you please get somebody higher than you to ring me? Because just figure, keep asking for a manager. I'm a customer, still a customer. And uh, she said, okay, uh, I'm going to ping an email. It's going to be with you in the next 15 minutes. I said, that's wonderful. And she said, someone will contact you. Day seven, I ring and speak to this lovely, lovely lady. And she was really indignant. And I said... Do you know, I'm not even asking to be released without fees in the contract from the basis of just, it's an exorbitant amount of money. I'm ringing because you're not actually doing what you say you're going to do. She said, somebody will ring you back. Then the power went out and work. And uh, we called up the corridor to actually a lady who's a solicitor. They have buns and coffee syrups. So we went to chat to them and I was saying, this, this is what's going on. And, and she said, just as solicitors do. I would assume they're in breach of their service level agreement. I said, oh, what was that again? So I then rang and I said, hello there. I just want to inform you here's my number because they give you your JJ 36923, whatever it is. Uh, I Just can I add into the notes? I've just been speaking with a solicitor, because um, I was, and uh, I'd just like to say, I-, I think you may be in breach of your service level agreement, and on that basis, I'd like to be released from the contract. Puts the trumpet to his mouth and goes, did dee, dee. And uh, they rang me back, funny enough, with 20 minutes to spare in their four-hour window. And he said, hello, Mr. Woodward. And I made my point, and he said, that's no problem. Could I have a name, Thank you. Now, you may think, why is he telling that story? Well, the point that I want to make is, where's my clicker? Where's my clicker? I have to remember all this. Obedience creates the pathway for provision. So whenever we heard that it was going to be 678 pounds, I thought, that's just a ridiculous amount of money. And to use spiritual language in my spirit, it just was like, I don't think that we should have to pay that. And, you know, we were totally willing to pay it. We weren't going to dodge it. We weren't going to do the, well, you can sing for your money. We weren't going to do that. We wanted to act with integrity. But actually, that simple strategy of, I'm just going to ring, I'm just going to keep ringing, and I'm just going to ask you, would you wave it? And then there's the trumpet, and the trumpet is in breach here. And as you blow the trumpet, the walls come tumbling down. Obedience creates the pathway for provision. That's what I learnt. I am a learner. I am committed to learn. I am always on the hunt, thinking, well, what's God doing? What's happening here? Can I get this? What am I missing? What is it that I'm actually not seeing about myself or about this situation? What is it that, that there is for me to learn? School's always open. We want DCB, and DCB is a school. To be a school, it has to have um, two things. The two things are, it requires teachers. Those who are called by God and can effectively communicate to others what they have learned and are learning from the teacher. So if you want to teach, you need to be a learner. Committed and submitted to Christ. And a school also requires students or disciples. Disciples. Those who want to learn are teachable and willing to be taught and are committed and submitted to Christ. If either of those two component parts of the teacher or the student are missing, then it's ineffective. So those two things are necessary. And also it's a place of theory where we're going to talk about, well, that's quite nice language if we go back. I go back. Obedience creates a pathway for provision. That's wonderful. It's all very neat and tidy. But that saved me six hundred and seventy-eight pounds. I'm going to listen at that point. So we want to be a place where there's theory taught and then where also there's the practice of what we've talked about in theory. So please, I'm going to say this again a bit later on, please take this stuff in and think, well, let's apply this. Let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. Years and years ago, um, I, I heard a phrase inside my head, which was, life is always learning. You just have to realize that you're being taught. And if you're anything like me, half the time I'm not quite sure what the lesson is. Or it's very evident as I look back and think, I've actually been... God's been trying to teach. Not. I always think that's faulty language. I don't think that he tries. I think that he does, and he's well aware for us that it takes a process sometimes for us to get to that point, and we can arrive at that point of going, I need to learn this, and we think, how did I not get it? You couldn't. It had to take a process to get to that place, and when you get to that place at the point that you realize that you're being taught, then you can go, okay, I can respond to this. We don't miss any of God's tests. We just keep resetting them. So for most of us, let me include myself in this, there are times where you're just going round and round and round the mountain. And you can either get incredibly frustrated about that and go, here's the situation again. Why does this keep happening to me? Anybody else ask that question? Why does this situation keep happening to me? Because you haven't got it yet. That's why. And you'll find that whenever you get it and you've gone round the mountain, then you'll find that actually the bottom or the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next and there's more lessons to learn so we've got to commit to being lifelong learners humility is the key that unlocks the grace to learn if we have pride in us and let's be honest most of us do there are some people that i can take the lessons from they're normally the people that god will not use anybody else with me on that God will use the person nearly that will offend you most to uncover your heart. And you'll go, and somebody else then that you know and love and trust will maybe say exactly the same thing. And you go, I couldn't receive it over here. But actually, if your eyes are open, you'll receive it from wherever it comes. So from experience, when I heard Jericho, I thought, well, what's the least? I could risk looking like a fool or I could save myself 678 pounds. I don't really care if I look like a fool in the process. I saved myself £678, and I have a good story on Sunday morning, so we're all good. So humility is the key that unlocks the grace to learn. James 4, 6. God opposes the pride, but gives grace to the humble. Pride is full of assumption and presumption. I know what's happening here. I know all about you. I've met you once. I've talked to you. It's like somebody saying, uh, well, I went to America, and I've done America now. No, you haven't. You went to America once. So we've got to come to situations and go, I don't know everything that there is to know. Dallas Willard, who died a few years ago, uh, he was a contemporary theologian and philosopher. I heard him speak once. He's just so peaceful and so calm. And he described humility as never pretend, never presume, and never push. Now, humility is also not, well, I couldn't possibly do that. That's actually false pride. Humility knows what it knows. I know that obedience creates a pathway for provision. That's okay that we know stuff. Humility doesn't mean that we have to cower down like a worm. Just we have to realize that we don't know it all. Letting go, letting go. Can't hold it back anymore. I watched Frozen for the first time at Christmas. I had resisted frozen for years. Letting go, letting go. Olaf, the snowman, my goodness. It was wonderful. Actually quite moving. Um, In this process of learning to learn, we have to die to ourselves. Letting go, letting. It sounds so glorious when she sings it, but letting go is awful. I know this circumstance. I know how it is. I know how it's going to work out. God says, let it go, son. It's a yuck process. Sometimes it's a lovely process, but it is a process we've got to let go. We've got to let go of our own paradigm of thinking. Now, this gentleman called Charles Craft said that um, it is our control box of reality, our worldview, how we think about things. Actually, our worldview will edit out certain things and include other things that aren't actually there. And if we're to go on this process of being a lifelong learner, then we're going to have to suspend judgment we're gonna to have to ask God, we're gonna to have to listen to others, we're gonna to have to die to our own subjectivity, which means our preferences, being comfortable. Romans twelve two Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. And Proverbs three trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Well, they're a big, big communications company. If they say that it's in the contract, then I'm just going to have to pay that. No, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. No, I am not going to manipulate this circumstance, but I am going to submit to God. And if he says it's Jericho, well, I'm just going to keep ringing. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your bodies and nourishment to your bones. And at times you'll not have to pay 670 pounds. God wants to regenerate our thinking. Last week, I taught a little bit about the tree and the ivy, that oftentimes we describe ourselves by the ivy that, that tries to wrap itself around us, or we look at others and think, well, they struggle with this, or they struggle with that, and I struggle with this. But actually, we have to realize that we're the tree and not the ivy. And this whole process of learning to learn means that we let the ivy fall, because some of the ivy we quite like, if we're being honest. I know this about myself. I know I can do that. I know I can't do that. With respect, I'm not sure that we really know who we are. We now have to know whose we are. And then when we come up against things where we're going, I can't do that, I don't do that, if that's your head's position and you want to go on this journey, you'll not be able to hold it. We'll have to go, okay. I, as a speaker, don't do PowerPoint. <laughs> Ta-da! Or I don't do this, or I couldn't possibly do that. You don't know. Just go on the journey and let God define you. Suspend judgment and just walk it. Okay. We want to be hunters. Let me put up this verse. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. So what do we discover about this? God is in the habit of hiding not only himself, but he hides stuff. He hides treasure. And most of us, I think, or I have thought that if it's God, it's going to be blatantly obvious. Not always. Not always. The the, uh, emphasis in this is that we have got to search it out. And you are the sons and daughters of the king. So what does that make you? If you know him as the king, if he lives in you, you're a son and daughter of the king, which would make you royalty. And it is the nature of royalty to seek and to search. And biblically those who search you know that passage in matthew 7 where it says to anyone who knocks the door will be answered to anyone who asks it will be given to anyone who seeks will find and the amplified just pads it out a little bit and what it says is to those who keep on knocking to those who keep on asking to those who keep on seeking you're going to find it so we're going to have to die to the temptation to go nothing will ever change it's just like that Nah, it's just the way it is it's not going to work that door is closed do you remember the story, for those of you who were here on the first Sunday, the story that I told about our mortgage? And they said, no way, there's no chance you're putting our mortgage. And we just asked on the basis of that one question, and we were able to move up to Newton. Way. So a no's not always a no. So we've got to be people who are committed to persistence and to perseverance. Let me read a few verses. Um, If you want to follow these along with me, it's Proverbs 2, the first one, and it's Proverbs 2, 1 through to 11. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure... Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. So there's a lot that we've got to do. Cry out, seek, search for, don't give up. And let's go to Proverbs 3:13 to 18. "Blessed are those who find wisdom. And she's going to hide on you. She's uh, described in Proverbs as a woman so she's going to hide herself and if you want her you're going to have to chase her down blessed are those who find wisdom who gain understanding for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold she is more precious than rubies nothing you desire can compare with her that is quite a statement long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and those who hold her fast will be blessed. I want that. I would like wisdom to enter my heart. I would like to find God's treasure. I'd like to find the gold and the silver and the rubies that are actually more precious than anything precious in this earth. Because actually after the process of the story that I told you at the start, I didn't feel yuck I didn't feel unclean. I didn't feel like I'd manipulated the circumstance. I didn't feel, well, I got away with that one this time. I felt like I did the right thing. And that is as sweet as the fact that we don't have to part with that money. Does that make sense? We want to, this is a, a journey of wholeness. This is a journey of walking the right path as we follow the shepherd. It's a journey of obedience that creates the pathway for the provision. So as DCB, we want to be the house of the hunt Is it going to come up? Yes, it is. It says of uh, Philip, whenever uh, he was found by Jesus or he found Jesus, whatever way you, you turn it around, that he was from Bethsaida. And Bethsaida literally means the house of the hunt. At DCB, we want to be the house of the hunt. We want to be on the hunt for what God's doing. We want to be on the hunt for his presence. Our mission statement, the first part, is reaching. We want to be on the hunt for people. We want to be, okay, God. Who can I invite here? Who needs him? We all need him. Come on, why don't you come? We want to be on the hunt. We want to be on the hunt for him and whatever he is doing. We want to prioritize his presence, and we want to reach out. So this journey is a journey of learning to love and loving to learn. That sounds like something uh, you would, it's a wee cheesy statement, learning to love and loving to learn. But I bet you that's probably the one thing that you're going to remember from today. As a community known for his love, we want to learn to love each other. We want to learn to not give up on each other. We want to learn to not react to each other's stuff. You know when people tell you things and you're like, what? We want to be people who can go, it's okay, I'm not quitting on you. I want to learn to love you better. We want to be a people who are loving to learn. And whatever we learn, then we apply, apply, apply. So please, please, Take what I've been saying today. Take, but if it's cry aloud for understanding, cry aloud for understanding. If you need to search for self-events, search for it. If you need to prioritize this presence more, then prioritize it. Let's be intentional about what we do. Because most of the time, Dallas Willard again said this, that if your intention, you say, I'm going to do that, and you don't do it. Your intention was actually to not do the thing. So let's be a people who, whenever we say, I'm going to ring you back in four hours, we're going to ring back in four hours. Let's be a people who say, we're going to do that. Well, we're going to do that. Let's be a people who hear what God's saying and then do what God's saying. So what's all of this on Well, it's on maturity. Could I, guys, could I get the band up, please? it's unto maturity we want to um, have exactly what it says in 2 Timothy 3:16 to 17 all scripture is god-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so this is a journey of wholeness we want to be able to be here and be on a journey of well actually i've learned that lesson I'm not going around that mountain again. I don't have to go around that mountain again. I have that now. Let's go on to the next thing: a journey of progression towards wholeness. And then, without a vision, uh, Proverbs 29:18. Without a vision, the people will cast off restraint, or the people will perish. Unless we have a vision to be learners, we're not going to pay the price of what it requires to be a student. If you're studying, you know that there's a cost. You've got to attend lectures, you've got to meet deadlines, you've got to get the work done. If you want to get paid for work, you better show up, you better do what you're asked to do. So let's pay the price that the journey requires. And then the final point is, we will find the treasure that we will seek. Have any of you seen, O Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah? Do you remember at the start, the man, the old man, and he's on the railroad, and he pushes it and he says, You will find the treasure, but not the treasure that you seek so there's treasure at the end of this journey the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in him it might not look exactly like you imagine it's going to be but it's going to be a heck of a lot better can it get us to stand together so we want to be people of intention and integrity and therefore at DCB we want to be people who are not only hearers of the word but doers of the word so I'm going to ask you to respond and I've just got a couple of questions to aid you in that response As I've been speaking, if you just have a desire to be a lifelong learner, and I really hope you all do, then please respond. If you need grace to be a learner, if that's something that you're struggling with, then please respond. Please come and join me at the front if you can say yes to either of those two things.